play the music. Oh, play the music. And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. All right. When we left you, Steve was telling a riveting story about his MR2. Um, do you want to, uh, do you want to pretend to ask me the same question again as if nothing ever happened? What happened? Nothing. Exactly. What's up with your MR2, Steve? Oh boy. Well, my MR2, um, I think I was saying, well, I wasn't saying, of course, cause that's the first time you've asked me about this, but, um, uh, my painter started painting the car in April of last year. Yes. 2020. It is. Let me check my watch. October of 2021. I still do not have my bumpers, my fuel door, the left side of my spoiler. The spoiler's three pieces. Okay. Nice it's story. it's three. Yeah, it's three pieces. No, it's four pieces, actually, because the middle section oh, is yeah. like a two-piece clamshell, like top and bottom. It's just, just like a really funny way to say it, that. I don't know. I, I don't know what else you would, how else you would have said it, but it just, I, it humored me. That's no, all the, I'm trying to say. The infuriating part is that that piece was painted correctly, and then he dropped it while he was buffing it, and it chipped the uh, back, and then he had to repaint it, and so he repainted it when he painted the bumpers. But he painted the bumpers and stuff like six months after he painted the rest of the car, and they don't match. Guess what? When you create a custom three-stage paint color yourself, and then you try to paint stuff not all at once, it doesn't come out the same color. And so it, what I'm and hearing it's is really disappointing. Yeah. I'm I'm assuming that this gentleman owns kneecaps. He is in possession he in is. his person I, of I, kneecaps. Listen, I'm not a kneecapping type. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> kind of scary um <laughs> i have i have a i have a tree in my backyard i can go pull a big stick off of it and go smack some kneecap okay all right no uh, what? I, ha- I have wrenches and we discussed the baseball bat earlier uh, Ooh, that's, yeah. oh that's true i did i did bring up the wrench the large wrench and the baseball bat um no what what needs to happen is i need to tell him hey give me the last substantial chunk of money that i gave you for this paint job back and give me all my parts and give me the mixing instructions, and I am taking them to somebody else, and I am actually going to finish getting this car painted. Because getting the car painted in the process of how I wanted to build this car step-by-step is holding everything up. I have a a portable two-post lift in my garage, a a Danmar Max Jax. It's killer. Um, For low ceilings, the thing is awesome. It's like all the functionality of a a two-post lift. It's mid-rise i think the top lock level is 48 inches so you can't stand up under the car but i think i have like nine and a half feet of overhead in my garage so it can't fit a 12 foot two post like full-size lift um this thing gives me all of the like two post pick up a car work on anything under the center drop a transmission out work on the exhaust like free under the middle of the car and fits my garage clearance um I mounted it to the floor. This is going somewhere, I promise, with flush mount anchors. So they're threaded inserts down in the concrete, which means I can unbolt 
the lift posts and tuck them over to the side and then get a much larger garage back. It's theoretically a two-car garage, but God help you if you try to cram two cars in there. It does not, like the washing machine, the hot water heater, like all this stuff is down one side and that takes up the space that like a second car door would open into. There's no way to practically park two cars in there. So it's been a one-car garage pretty much since I set it up to work on my own stuff in there. So I put the lift right in the middle of it. And so um, what I did when the car was coming back from paint was unbolt the lift, pack it to the side, and get the car in there so that I could open the doors all the way, put the interior back together, like work all the way around the car with as much space as possible. Um, So my lift, I have now not had access to my lift for like... A year and a half. um, Most of this year. The car came back from paint in like February. Um and I had the lift packed away. And what I decided I would do was finish putting the body back together, put the bumpers back on, the fog lights, and all the all the stuff I pulled apart to get painted properly because we did the engine bay, uh, the front trunk bay. Um, it, it pulled the interior far enough back to paint the door jams fully properly. I, I didn't take, I didn't take everything apart cause I was terrified. I would literally never put the car back together. Like that's too much to remember where it all goes, but we peeled the carpets back and rolled them back six inches so we could paint the jam like all the way up under where the carpet and the trim and everything's going to cover back up. So it's, it's, you know, close to a, a full strip down and paint job as, as I was going to go. Um, So I wanted to put the whole body back together, then put my lift back up, then put the car up in the air and pull suspension out and repaint suspension arms and replace all the bushings and do all that stuff, then work on putting the engine back, like mechanical stuff next. And what I now have is a 90% painted car that's been sitting in my garage since like January. I finished the interior. I built an entire stereo from scratch. I like I did everything I could, but now the the paintwork is holding me up. Um, the goal with this car is not a two GR, unfortunately. Um, I, I am now victim to the sunk cost fallacy. I have way too much money sunk into the three MZ that I decided to go with before I saw the light. I think it's still going to be fun. It, it will. It'll. It, it should be a lot of fun. And with the work that I've done to the three MZ, um, I spent. I spent with the help of Troy Truglio. Shout out to Troy. He'll never hear this. Um, who races uh, Team Biohazard in Champ Car, the bright green V six powered MR two. Um, went to his house and used all of his stuff to port and polish the cylinder heads. I think between him and I, we had like 25 hours in the cylinder heads, um, getting them to flow well, um, got some sheepy headers. Apparently that guy has blown up by the way, like it, it follows sheepy race on Instagram. He does like Lamborghinis and Audis and like crazy exhaust systems now like he used to be a small time guy that owned some mr2s i think and like made headers for v6 swaps and mr2s like 10 years ago i bought a set from a dude who never got his mc swap going so they're really nicely made stainless steel tig welded manifolds y-pipe everything um so with the stuff i've the flow mods i've done to the engine i should be close to like stock 2gr power um which is respectable, like 260 
something like that at the With crank. A nice like chunky two, torque curve. 260, 270, yeah, somewhere in there. So probably 230 to the tires with really flat torque, which it'll be it'll be tons of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I went with that because I wanted to try to stick to cable throttle. I thought it would be easier to get like cruise control and stuff going. I, I didn't want to go standalone on that car. If you go with Haltech or something, I know with drive-by-wire cars, you can literally just command the drive-by-wire to do your cruise control. Like there's a lot of modern stuff that I just wasn't quite up to date with when I decided on that engine. I mean, to be fair, you started this project, what, two years ago? Just plus? about. Yeah, yeah. Don't remind me. <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, I think I took it off the road just shortly after Hyperfest, the last Hyperfest in 19, which would have been October. So yeah, like that winter. Um, actually, yeah, because I remember New Year's Day, I was dropping the engine out of the car uh, of 2020. So yeah, it's been it's been one week since he looked at me. Someone had to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us again, Corey. <laughs> A little delayed laugh. Um, it's yeah, it's been I can't do math. Uh, Twelve plus ten, twenty-two months since I took the car off the road. Um, Sheesh. Someday, someday it'll be together. I told myself I wasn't going to rush this build, and damn it, I'm living by those words. <laughs> You're nothing if not honest. Yeah, well, I I couldn't have foreseen how honest I would be. Um, but yeah, that's where that car is right now. Um, so it's a dream car build for me. That is a that is a car that I intend to keep um, f- for the rest of my life if I can, if I have garage space to store it, like. As I said on that uh, on that phone call, I hilariously thought I had a budget with that car, and that quickly went out the window. And when it did, I just decided, like, hey, I probably am in the stage of life where I get one chance. Um, I had a 91 MR2 as my first car that I bought with my own money. Uh, it was a 5SFE uh, 2.2 NA automatic transmission, terrible four-speed automatic transmission car, uh, 91. Uh, it was repainted by Mako, some kind of creamsicle orange color. It was terrible. I loved it. Um, it was the first car I bought with my own money when I was 17, 18, something like that. Um, and that car, I had the stuff in place to, I, I got a 1MZ out of a junkyard car. At the time, that was the hot engine swap v6 swap for those out of a 96 avalon i was like ready to do this i bought a trd supercharger second hand from somebody like i was pulling all the parts together i had an e153 transmission in a box um i never got that car together i pulled it apart i didn't have a garage to work on where we were living i got married you know life 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 life, life, life happens um i never got that car together i sold the shell of it hilariously to Troy Truglio, hey. <laughs> who bought it as a secondary uh, race shell, like a spare in case he binned his race car. Um, and then he sold it to some other guy in Ohio, I think. And, and last he heard, maybe it got turned into a race car, which is pretty cool. Um, if it was going to live on, I'd like to hear that it actually went somewhere and got used for, for stuff like that. But yeah, I had to sell that car actually to start working on my NA. Um, you know, I'd, I'd, at the time money was tighter and i was like i want to start putting money into you know parts on the na and my wife was like listen you have a project car it's the mr2 and she was right um but they always are yeah pretty much yeah yeah Uh, jordan's nodding his head too sandra just so you know um yes dear (laughs) and uh 
and 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 so I sold the MR2 to start working on the NA. And so this is a dream that this current MR2 that I'm building that I have had for something like 15 years now. Like this is a car that I wanted to like V6 swap a second gen MR2. Um, forever I had this vision of the paint color being this crazy custom orange two-tone with a black roof like everything that I'm doing with this car so it's pretty cool to to see it start coming together um, even though it's kind of stalled I do still have the vision I'm not rushing because I do expect to keep it for a really long time so I'd much rather take the time and make everything reliable and replace a lot of parts you know piece by piece as I go along um, I've done a bunch. I've pulled the fuel tank out, completely restored it. Honestly, strangely, it was the only thing in the car with any rust. Like that is the really fortunate thing is that this chassis is remarkably rust free. The fuel tank was rusty inside. Um, so I did probably just sat for a while with low fuel. I, I would guess. Yeah, I would guess. And actually when I bought it from Japanese classics, they, um, they bought it. They brought it in as a parts car for other showroom ready cars. Uh, the paint was faded. It, about half of it was repainted at some point, not well, and so like clear coat was flaking. It, it just wasn't. They weren't going to put the money into it to try to put it in the showroom and sell it as a, a you know a, a desirable right hand drive MR2. So they bought it to pull most of the interior out of and put in another car that somebody had like hot boyed and and rattle canned like all the interior stuff bright blue and leather wrapped the door cards white. It was like sparkle blue. So yeah. The, the joy of this was that I got, I got I got all of these parts when I bought this car. <laughs> like, they, they pulled them out of the car they were going to sell in the showroom and just stacked them in the passenger seat of my car and then just put it out behind the building. Um, so when I bought it, it had no dash, um, barely any interior, really. One seat. Uh, the steering wheel, I found out after i got it home was not even bolted on i drove it around the building i put it on the trailer i brought it home <laughs> and then i went to back up and i turned around to look out the window and was still holding onto the steering wheel and it just came off the steering column in my hand um but it was rust free like i don't know how it lived its life on uh, the small island nation either in the mountains where it snows or near the ocean like my understanding is most of japan is near either salt water or snow no rust I, the rockers the common stuff that that rots out in those that i expected to need to fix solid uh it's a slick top car uh, most of them were t-top which those rust badly because the t-top seals go bad and they get a bunch of water inside um it was not a removable sunroof car which was the second most popular uh, production number the lowest production numbers were the full slick top you know hard metal roof car um and it's one of those which is pretty cool those are pretty desirable by racing guys Very. yeah because they're stiff chassis and they're hard to find they're um, lighter too yeah, I guess that'd be true, yeah. Less glass, just metal up there. Um, so that was... I didn't buy it specifically because it was that. Um, 
but uh, quickly backing up, I had bought a, a USDM 92 T-top car um, probably four years ago now or something when I finally thought, like, I'm going to get back into an MR2. Like, it's I'm, I'm in a decent stage of life. And this one came along. It was cheap uh, for a reason um, because it was rusty and somebody had hacked it together. Someone had the engine out and cut up the wiring harness and just chucked it. You know, it's just like the rear suspension was held together with bolts from the hardware store. Like, bad and i just put on the rose-colored glasses and said it's two thousand dollars and bought it and brought it home and then decided i was going to start working on it and then very quickly decided i was not going to start working on it because it wasn't worth it um and that's what led me to buying this uh, jdm right hand drive 92 was i knew i wanted to get back into mr2s uh i had what was now a parts car sitting in my driveway, uh, this black T-top car. Um, but the cool part about that is that now I have owned all three. My first one was a sunroof car, uh, my 91. Then I owned a T-top one, which turned into kind of a parts car that I pulled a bunch of spares off of for my current car. And now I have a, a slick top. So I've had all three and that's kind of neat. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's that car. It's being built extremely slowly uh the motivation goes way up and then i get a lot of stuff done and then the motivation goes way down because the paintwork is holding me up and it's a bit of a roller coaster and then i bought the nd and i started putting a lot more time and attention into that car so uh, that's where i'm at with those two so you're right now you're just waiting on paint pretty much i i could that's the thing i could clean up my garage put the lift back up, put it up in the air, start working on suspension, put the fuel tank back in. I, I restored it. I de-rusted it. Electrolysis. Um, uh, oh, what is that stuff? Evapo rust ran that. And so chemically rust stripped it a couple of times, then did electrolysis, got as much rust out of it as I could, and then lined it with red coat, uh, fuel tank liner, new fuel pump in an AEM pump and all this stuff. So like the tank is ready to go back into the car. Um, I could do all that stuff. Could you put the engine in at this point? I'm trying to remember now. I know I have a reason for why I haven't put the engine in it yet. Oh, transmission. That's what it is. I need to pull the transmission apart. I have an LSD to go in it. Um, So it's an S54. It's the NA transmission I'm going to stick with. When you do that, are you going to do that yourself? I'm probably going to pay somebody to do that. I was going to say, if you do it, I want to come over and watch because... I need to learn. How I'm. To do that. I. I may. Um. I may get Richard. Richard has offered to help a couple of times. The thing that I'm most concerned about with doing that part of the process is shimming the differential because um, it's supposed to have like a proper amount of preload rolling resistance on the bearings, and you're supposed to shim it until it's just those types of adjustments, like the nuts and bolts stuff. I'm you have very to put it confident. All together, take then test it, and if it's not right, you have to take it all apart Uh, yeah i watched a video of a guy doing it after so you can put the diff in the carrier and then just sandwich part of the case back on so that it's contained by the bearings i think and then put was it even that i forget there's some way for you to bolt not put the whole thing together to bolt the differential in um and then get the bearings on it and torque down and then turn it with a torque wrench 
and you can see like basically you put it on one of the bolts on the ring gear and turn it with an inch pound torque wrench like a beam style and look at where the needle moves to and that will tell you that you've got the right amount of rolling resistance and the bearings and the shims are proper um it just that scares me i don't know i 100 percent. that's why i don't want to try it yeah i i can plasti gauge bearings in an engine and feel for me i'm not building a race engine i don't have a set of mics and i don't you know it, it'll be fine um i've rebuilt engines like four or five times myself it just transmissions something something in there like again the nuts and bolts stuff i'm not worried about can i put all the check balls back yes can i torque things down yes but that stuff that needs to be adjusted and shimmed and it, it worries me a little bit. So that, that may be one step of the process. If I can find somebody who will do it in a, well, I'd say in a timely manner though, right now it literally doesn't matter. They could take a year to do it and it'll probably still be done before the car's painted. If I can find somebody to do it in a timely manner, I've talked to Chris at night run. Um, they're just very busy. I mean, he said he's willing, but what about the biohazard guy, Troy? Uh, he probably he's the guy I bought the limited slip from. Uh, he apparently put it in his transmission. Now here's the thing: for his race car, I don't think he cares that much if it's like perfectly shimmed, because they're doing like 24 hour endurance races, and he goes through a couple transmissions a season. Like he just expects that that's part of the game, and so there is certain stuff that he does quick and dirty because it just it is race car stuff. It doesn't matter that much. It's far more about getting the car going, having maybe a spare engine or transmission, and then just getting out on track and tearing the thing up it's amazing I, that, that i want duality in race cars like oh, oh some yeah. stuff is super duper extra precise and other stuff is way not yeah yeah and his his, his mo is like way not except the few places where it really counts yeah so it just even 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 he is that way like the duality is there one of my favorite stories in that camp or whatever you want to say is a um i think it was a lemons car that was it was a miata and they blew a head gasket like halfway through the race or something like that so they pulled the car into the pit took it apart and the dude realized they realized that the head was warped by like a little bit right and they needed to deck it well you don't have access to a machine shop right so the dude bolted the head down to his workbench and with a file one stroke at a time flattened the head at his workbench he he did like stroke at the track at the yeah, track at the track stroke with the file clean the file off go back to the beginning stroke clean the file off yeah. one over at a time. and over and over again for like a couple hours until yeah it came back <laughs> and got it got it like race ready again nope. good enough that you can throw some copper spray on that head gasket yep. and let her yep. in. yeah i was gonna say now yep. what i would have did was <laughs> tape some 3000 grit to the workbench and then just scrub the head back and forth on that and then bolted it back down with a thicker head gasket and, real real tight and if you had a big enough piece of glass to put that that I, the, oh, that sandpaper on yeah yeah, yep. yeah that i would do I it done the same thing yep. i very purposefully kept the top to a glass table in my garage just for stuff like that apparently that's have how you ever used it yes all not right for, not for car stuff but yes oh. I have. Oh, apparently okay. that's what jake did with the cylinder head on my current corolla 
really? uh, when he did the head gasket. He really? had, his dad, I think, had like a a machine grade flat stone surface. Oh yeah, like surface oh, yeah. plate. So yeah. when he did the head gasket, he took the head and just skimmed it on the stone. Mm-hmm. And it's a totally legitimate way of doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. got two. The odometer says like 260 something. The speedometer's broken. Is that a. You've got an MLS head gasket, multi layered no, steel this one? Is or a a, oh, it's a factory one? engine. I mean, other than like whatever head gasket he put in it when he replaced the head I just gasket. didn't know if the Toyota one is, is multi layer steel or if it's like, like the it's composite. Like oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, well, those will soak up. I mean, you could. Yeah, you could you could forgiving. sand that on your sidewalk, and it would be <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe not, but <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. very forgiving. Yeah, those like, those will take more, but yeah, um, yeah. No, that is that's a really legit way to to flatten stuff out. Actually, I I used the table to um, sharpen uh, chisels and uh, wood plane blades. Ooh, uh, okay, yeah. So I I actually had a station. I had the, it broken up in stations from six hundred grit. Or no, four hundred grit all the way around the table, up to like four thousand grit or something like that. Nice. It's just paper at that yeah. point. It pretty <laughs> yeah. much is. It's it, it's like as soft as toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah. Warning for everyone at home: please do not use four thousand grit <laughs> as toilet paper. Not endorsed by the Beer and Backfire Podcast. I mean, you can try it if you want. <laughs> I'm not your dad, <laughs> but you are. A dad, and I that am. gives you a certain level of authority. <laughs> that, so that level, I'm I'm not defining that level, but there, it is there, a level. There was a certain I don't want to get into it. There was a certain mishap at work this week, and it involved. You're going to need to get into it, Jordan. <laughs> it involved a garage door getting pulled off its track. Let's say that okay. by a car. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. All but, right. <sighs> So, <laughs> this was at so a at a facility was. separate from our main garage, uh-huh. our main shop. Okay. So the boss man rolls over with his truck, and he brings hammers and uh, pry bars. And the funny part is, I'm there with another guy. Boss rolls up. We start trying to fix the door. The younger guy. Is vi- I didn't realize he was doing this, but he was taking video of us while we were doing this. Oh no! <laughs> so while while my boss is like prying at the door and hammering at it, I'm like leaning up against the wall, like staring at it, like watching him work. And then when I'm doing stuff, he's leaning up the- against the wall. It's Very like good. The most dad thing you can imagine. <laughs> did uh, did either one of you say, "Yep"? Probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, just uh, you, you, you gonna just, leave it like that? Yeah, just hit it over there a little. Yeah, a little to the left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I just imagine a bunch of dads taking turns <laughs> hammering some sheet metal, and somebody's like, "Henry, get me the three pounder." <laughs> I'm gonna see if he can send me those videos, and I will share them with you because it's quite fun. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Did you guys get it? I mean, mm-hmm. it's all right. Yeah, a couple of the rollers are broken, but yeah, it's in there now. That's dead genuity. Oh, here's a fun thing. I'm going to tell on one of my customers real quick. Brand new Ford Explorer. It's white. It's an ST. Oh, it comes fun. with the black Explorer letters across the hood. We do paint protection film at my job for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, we take the letters off the hood because we don't cut ugly boxes around them. 
put the film on the hood, retape the letters in most cases, and put them back where they came from. Um, or so we, help me. We, I, <laughs> nice. Yeah, good, good reference. I got that reference. I missed it. What? He said, put, put that, that thing back where, where it came, it came from. from. I said, or so help me. Ah, <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. Um, and, uh, and we all look at the car with them off and we said, that looks great. It looks so It. They all look good. Range Rovers, Kia Tellurides. Everybody's putting these stupid letters across the hoods now. I hate it. And they all look better with the, with the letters off. And we called the customer or we look back through the emails and we we're like, oh, awesome. He doesn't want the letters back on. And then Aaron called him and was like, hey, just double checking. You don't want the letters back on. Like, here's when it's going to be ready. And he was like, oh, actually, I do want the letters back on because I don't want people to think it's a lower trim level. It says Explorer. It, it says ST in red letters in the grill and on the back. Yeah. Oh. Nobody's going to think, it, my guy. And the front end is totally different my from a regular God. Explorer. Yeah, I, Tell me you're a car person without telling me you're a car person. <laughs> uh, he doesn't want people to think. Uh, he's driving. Oh, he's driving. Okay. He doesn't want people to think he's driving a plebeian base it's model Explorer that looks like an ST. Because it, yeah, it's just weird. Weird. When you get weird people at your job. Oh, Jordan. Do you get Did any you weird see like the Mopar Challenger? vehicles? Oh my god! Perhaps. Oh, it's so good. Okay, okay. Oh, and for it's people in the, in the audience, show art. and what Corey means by good, it's not oh, going to be in the show. So art. Good. Oh, good. Can you not share? I am not sharing anything from work. That's fair. On social media, That's I fair. can share it. Send it to private individuals. But picture, Let's, if you will, a Dodge Charger or Challenger, and literally every possible surface that exists is decked out with is hell yeah brother all flames everywhere flames. chrome flames everything red white and blue all flames. flames i believe hold on whatever it's, flame you it can had imagine messages there were messages in the engine bay <laughs> oh i clearly vehicle. did not look close enough at this picture one of them says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and then he made a hemi one of them says in red, white, and blue script, American Muscle. Oh, no, he didn't. Uh, where's another one? Oh, That's really gracious. Uh, the, the crash bar up front says backwards. In, re- in reverse, if you can read this, move over. No, but then if you as. can move your as, but the M in oh, move yeah, yeah. over is the Mopar, the Mopar logo. It's, because of course it is. It has a, a it has a police, it has a Crown Vic style bash bar mopar people it has are splitter rods that we are fairly confident are just attached to the plastic bumper cover did you happen to look i I didn't get a look it actually in the picture that i did definitely didn't take and share with people no of course no uh it looks like it's attached to a light bar Oh yes, that's like. right. Yeah. yeah, there's an LED light bar of, of because of course oh, just, Mo- Mopar just, people have definitely taken the mantle that was once upon the Honda community and just Im- like gone whole hog. It's it's yeah. it's an embarrassment. It is quite bad. So and then the, you did what you didn't see is the interior. All of the seat trim plastics were also flames. Flames. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah yeah yeah. Yes, on Amazing. brand. Amazing. They are nothing if not dedicated to the bit. Consistency there, is key. There are one, two, three, 
four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Uh, Are you counting Mopar logos? American flags. Mopar logos. I can logos. see Mopar oh, yeah. badges <laughs> on the front of this car. <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, it's a it's a real treat. The fuse box has a Challenger label <laughs> on it. He um, just forgot what kind of just, car you had. Just he doesn't want people to think he's driving a lower trim. <laughs> <laughs> lower than the hell yeah brother trim. How many how many Ram logos are on this thing? This it's isn't even so a Ram. Many. It's a char- Challenger. It's so many. It's There's a different at brand least now. Four Ram logos on this thing. Wow, it's so Ram. much. It's so much. It's bad. I just, I just can't. It's very. Oh, bad. there's even a Ram logo like etched out of the Pro Charger mounting bracket. Yep, there sure is. Jesus Christ! And on the power steering reservoir and the strut towers. What? <laughs> what I'm saying, they keep man? Appearing. Where do they come from? This is like one of those, uh, <laughs> one of those like fine bits. There's an SRT badge in the light bar. Oh my god! Yeah, man. Hell I yeah, brother! Kill myself. <laughs> the, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, uh, Steve, uh, how I, do you how I do you to... work? How do you function in a building that has that contains such atrocities? Because there's like four more just like it. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of get lost in the wash. Uh, oh boy, Mopars, dude! It's the worst. It, it really is. I was hoping that you would tell me about another one of your customers who imported a car from Belgium. Mm. Oh, yes, he did. Um, because I purposefully did not talk about this car okay. in our Hyperfest episode. And it... It, it was at Hyperfest. Uh, it was also... He, he ran by the track day that I was at at VIR, oh, but really? did not run. Mm. Um, he was having some issues with the car. So uh, a very good customer and honestly a good friend of mine at this point um, that we've been doing work for for years... Um, his wife actually owned the uh, preschool kindergarten that my daughter went through, went to, um, which is how we like met her and then him. And then, oh, he heard about what we do at work. And then he started bringing his cars to us. Um, he has not one, not two, but three Audi R8s. And the most recent one he got is an R8 LMS, um, which I am no expert on um, and Tom, more of an expert than me. Tom Atkins can you have him on the show and ask him all the details because he understands the differences between GT3 spec and GT4 spec cars and LMS and this and that. It we is would essentially like to have Tom on at some point. Yeah, no, that would be great. Um, Tom's a good dude. Hi, Tom. Um, and he's a very loyal listener. We love you, Tom. Yes, the LMS Stop car. Stop listening in your Miata. <laughs> Wait, why? Because he can't hear us. Oh. <laughs> I am recording everyone at a much higher volume this time, so hopefully it comes through better. Okay, Let us know. Good, good. Your feedback is important to us. Please call 1-800-BEER-AND-BACKFIRE. <laughs> I, I, I have got it's nothing. the best. <laughs> I've got nothing. It's Sorry. So we just discovered <laughs> the stock sounds that are on this little four-button soundboard. Hit, hit, me, hit me with another one here, Jordan. Hey, I, hey, we're back. I had a, what was the idea that I had for one of them? Oh, oh, oh! It was the um, it was the uh, the Professor Farms. <laughs> Good news, everyone! Yeah, that and the, Great and the news. Just shreds you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
How's his wife holding up? <laughs> to shreds, shreds, you say. say. <laughs> Very well, then. <laughs> oh my god. Pierce is going to have a field day editing so this absolute horse shit. Oh, thank you. Oh, oh my god. Delightful. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I needed that really bad. Oh. Steve, Steve, please tell me about. The R8 LMS. Oh, <laughs> the, the R8 LMS. Um, it's just a beautiful machine. That's really, it's it's super cool. It's a mostly like carbon Kevlar composite bodied car. Uh, it is substantially wider than the already very wide Audi R8. Um, I think the rear is like 10 inches wider, fender to fender or something like that. Um, it's just glorious. Um, weirdly, it is the quietest R8 he owns. It's strangely tame sounding, um, but it's something, something like 600 horsepower NA and like 800 pounds lighter than his other ones. Um, so so although his other two, he's got a V8 supercharged R8, he's got a V10 supercharged R8, although the, the one makes well over 800 horsepower, he fully expects that the LMS will turn comparable track times um, to to the most powerful supercharged one he owns because of the the substantial drop in weight. Um, it is the Artronic, the older um, dual clutch transmission. So it's the first. His other two are gated shifter cars. He likes a three pedal manual. And the dual I clutch will probably be better for lap times. He's been told that the Artronics are really good, even those early ones. It's a 2010. Uh, V10. Um, but yeah, this thing is super cool. Uh, he brought it to us. Um, and so, we did so, sorry, but before, yeah. you, before you get yeah. to that, this is effectively a race car. It, like an actual race car. It cannot be registered in the United States of America for driving on the road until it is an antique. Right. So does it have a VIN? 25 years. It does have a VIN. Um, I'm pretty sure that one has a VIN. Because if it's like a full sure. LM spec, like carbon body GT car, then it's it might not. I'm trying to remember now because we had uh, an, a BMW M2 factory built race car that did not have a VIN come in. And that one was a similar like ordered... That guy ordered it from the factory in Germany and had it shipped over. And apparently, I know it's a lot of money, but that M2 race car is like 130. And for what you get, that's pretty good. For that, that's not that crazy. That seems for like a full spec, full yeah, cage, yeah. fire suppression, yeah, radio, like everything is it's built like in. Transponders, like base model with some options. Porsche 911. Yeah. Yeah, that seems like a really good deal. Yeah, and I was I was surprised. Like I assumed, like two hundred plus for for anything oh, like yeah, factory yeah. built race car. Yeah, and I think if you uh, if you get into the M three and the M four versions of the same thing, you are talking that kind of money. Fair but enough. they make an M two based one, which would be plenty fun. Um, with I think he was telling me that one actually has the. M3, I'll probably get it wrong now, but the M3 engine in it. Um, 
so I just the power to weight it's stripped out I mean any of these like factory built race cars are, are they get pretty preposterous um, but yeah this R8 was super cool uh, he brought it to us we did a, a full car paint protection film a satin finish paint protection film so it's like a, a beautiful like deep gray color um, so now it's a matte gray with uh, bare carbon fiber accents here and there that we left gloss and um, windshield protection film ceramic coating the whole works um, and then he very kindly let us use it as our display car when we did the uh, sponsored Virginia Festival of the Wheel out in Charlottesville. Um, so we parked that next to our, our tent that we set up for the business and um, had the car there. And, and honestly, as cool as Festival of the Wheel was, uh, there was a Ferrari F40 there. There was oh, an original I just, GT40. I want to see one of those in person. There so was, I mean, have. it was there were... Testarossa's like all the all the cool stuff was there um a singer Porsche that we did the whole holy car holy crap was there wow. uh, may have been one of the one of the more expensive there are a few like really classic there were some sleeper cars there honestly that were probably worth more than than most of the other things sitting in the field and you just wouldn't know I uh, think some of the singers I mean they they sell in second hand more than it costs to build one because their backlog is so long I, I absolutely believe that I yeah. feel like some of them cross the million mark I'm like sure they do it's this crazy. one this one I think as spec was like 800 when he had it built um, beautiful car though I I cannot say that I've ever worked on a more like finely crafted car than that singer Porsche, like being up close and personal with one of those is, is pretty incredible. Cause just like every detail is thought out. Like the, the little hinges that hold the hood up have like lightning holes drilled through them that are then like ch- chamfered over smoothly. Um, like things are, you know, like brushed aluminum and, and CNC machined like strut tops that are, it's just, everything is thought through. They're really incredibly built cars. Um, that was there, but yeah, really cool event. But honestly, that R8 attracted as much, if not more attention than most everything I, else there. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. Cause there's it's, just a field of like, the reason I wanted him to bring it really for that event in particular was that, um, the whole thing with festival of the wheel is that it's like a concourse event. There's a lot of judge stuff. It's mostly classic cars and stock cars, a, a lot of stock stuff, some modified stuff, but a lot of, yeah, like classic clean restored stock things and that thing was just so other and that was why i wanted it because it was not like anything else in the field nobody else built brought a a factory built race car out there nothing was super wide and crazy and giant carbon fiber splitter and diffuser and yeah he put cones around the four corners of the car because people would walk into the splitter and rack their ankles or step on it like you just don't stuff sticks out past the ends of the car the wing sticks out like pretty far out the back corners and you'd walk into one of the points of that and stuff it was just it was cool it had had a really cool presence it's got airlift on the front um that he said he's actually going to take out of the car when he tried to run it at vir it was causing problems front end was shaking like crazy and then the splitter was starting to dig in and yeah so he said he's just gonna go back to like static suspension that will absolutely do the job of running on track and doing the stuff he wants but yeah he he imported from belgium um just a track toy and i won't i won't out 
what he paid for that car, but it was also surprisingly reasonable for what I expected something like that to cost. So I, I don't know. Like it, it's cool to think that one day you might be at a point where, you know, if, if you worked up to it and could justify like one big, you know, spend on a car like that, there's stuff out there that, that you can actually get. That's like the dedicated track weapon. You could have a, a ton of fun with my my dream is a, a, a Cayman GT4 like oh. that's pretty pretty achievable yeah not now they're so awesome but they are so cool like the performance you get in that package of course I love that it's mid-engine um, but even the even the the first one the 2016 I think was the first year um, God that would be so cool. You can spec them with I, the even the steel brakes on those are enormous and incredibly good. A lot of the guys that have Porsches and other cars with carbon brakes, they will they'll take them, they'll buy them with they'll option them when they buy them with the carbon brakes, take them off, and then put sell those for twenty on, grand, or leave you you put them back on the car when you go to sell it, or that. Yeah. But you run the car with steel brakes because they're like exponentially cheaper to I have been told by a couple of people with with different platforms I don't remember which ones GT2 RS maybe stuff that has comes with carbon ceramic brakes they are legitimately five figure brake, yeah. brake jobs mm -hmm. just to do pads and rotors when it comes time it's, I want to say I'm the GTR rotors landish. like Nissan GTR rotors are something like 1500 to 2 grand each like yeah. it's bananas I believe it I believe it it's preposterous, but I believe it. Now we can talk about Pierce while he's gone and he can hear it on the recording later. We love you a lot. Gosh, he's such a nice guy. What a jerk. His hair is so beautiful. I know. He has a magnificent beard. And he's single, ladies. Bounce, <laughs> bounce. He's handy.